Welcome to Lost in Menstruation, a podcast for women who want to find a better way to hormonal health. I'm your host, Gemma Barry, an ex-nurse, period activist, comedian and herbalist. You might think that's a strange combination, but I wouldn't be where I am without those skills, let me tell you. Be ready for health tips and banter, no filter talking, belly laughs, and most importantly, finding your map so you aren't lost in menstruation. This is the stuff you wish you'd known years ago, but it's never too late. Let's get started. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Lost in Menstruation. Today I am joined by the wonderful Rachel Lyons, who is a fellow comedian. Um, hi Rachel, how are you, my love? Hello, yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm 38 weeks pregnant, so apart from being in constant pain and discomfort, fine. <laughs> And feeling like a boil in a bag rice right now, I expect, with this heat wave we're having too, right? It is so, so hot. And it makes everything swell. And I'm quite swollen anyway. The combination of, like, lockdown and pregnancy is a cruel, cruel <laughs> combination. So, yeah. Yeah, I really do feel for all you prego ladies when <laughs> the heat gets like this because... Yeah, I swell up and I can only imagine what it must be like with your own like little thermostat on the inside as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so kudos to you and a, a cold shower coming up after, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how did you kind of get into comedy and what's your kind of story and stuff with that? I like to start with that question. Yeah, okay. Um, well, uh, oh, how far back do we go? Well, I did, I did theatre at university and always gravitated towards kind of comedic roles. And I was, I think I was always desperate to give comedy a go. And then I moved to London in 2003 and I had a lovely housemate. And one day he just said to me, you should do stand-up. And I was like, okay, then. And that was the only prompt I needed. I just needed like one person to suggest it gently. Um, so I did the Logan Murray Amused Moose uh, stand-up course yeah. in 2005, I think. Nice. And um, yeah, I really threw myself into the whole stand-up scene for quite a few years you know I was one of those people who was out four or five times a week you know doing whatever gig I could get you know three minutes and bring five friends I'll do it yeah <laughs> um so yeah I did that for about um seven years and I did some other shows that were more kind of sketch based as well um and then I did an improv course just because I thought that would help me be, be a bit more spontaneous I actually fell in love with improv, so yes. that's, I kind of gradually started doing less stand-up and more improv, and that was in about 2012, 2013. Nice. So, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I like improv. Um, I love to go and watch it, but I'm I'm quite keen to give it a go as well because I think it really helps to loosen you up and and uh, yeah, it's a really nice genre of comedy. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it can be, it can be joyous. It can be joyous and beautiful, but it can be terrible as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as all things can. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I love it, yeah. Yeah, I grew up with watching uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway, and it just, I still can roar with laughter um, at some of those episodes when I watch them on YouTube. They do um, 
yeah they do make me laugh a lot yeah <laughs> uh, I mean those guys yeah top of the game yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my love uh you um have had quite a journey with the old period saga <laughs> Um, can you explain uh, a bit about your story and, and what's gone down and how you, how it's felt? And I'm sure we'll we'll pull and push along the conversation with lots of bits. Yeah, yeah um, it's a really interesting and sadly not uncommon tale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, how far back should I go? Um, well, I just always had really painful, heavy, long periods. Yeah, and I just lived with it I just thought oh well for like seven or eight days a month it's horrible and that is that is just my life but it was the pain really especially for the first maybe three or four days just a really intense all-encompassing pain where sometimes I'd, I'd faint because it was so bad and yeah. that's not your body saying, mm, maybe you should check this out. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, yes. But yeah, and I, I would go to the doctors and you just give up because doctors would just say, yeah, periods can be painful. Yeah. You know, take some ibuprofen and have a bath. Um, but obviously you've got, you've got to live your life. So I just really learned to deal with the, with the level of pain that I was in. Um, then in, in 2007, um, this is just to, to explain how bad the pain was in 2007, I got appendicitis yeah. and just because I was used to living with such a high degree of pain, I just lived with appendicitis for like six weeks. I could just, wow. cope, I could just cope with it. Yeah. It was probably a grumbling appendix, appendix for a few weeks. Um, yeah, but still, that is excruciatingly yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, I didn't seek any medical advice until it had actually erupted, which is really dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> and even, even then I was in um, A&E and the doctor's going, you know, tell me out of 10 how painful this is. And I'm like, oh, seven or an eight. Um, and he was about to send me home until the blood tests couldn't came through. And they said, oh, you've got really high white blood count. You probably need to be admitted. Um, so yeah, really painful, really painful periods that I just lived with. What is so amazing from this story, Rachel, and what you highlight so beautifully is the notion of ignoring your body. Mm. Because when you're routinely told that it's normal, you know, periods, they are like this. This is normal to have a hot bath, take some ibuprofen. Uh, it normalises the pain that you're... Yeah experiencing and you you um well learn to live with it just crack on and I think this is this for me is just gold because uh we don't sometimes understand that we're in as much pain as we are yeah. uh because it because it's been completely normalized uh, yeah. through like the patriarchy and medicine and stuff as well mm -hmm. um and yeah so for a lot of women they can be like wow it's fine. We just put up with it. It's just what we do. And you're like, no, it's not normal. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and what's, what's, what's almost as bad as living with the pain is yeah. almost feeling a bit guilty about complaining about it and taking time off work and maybe letting down friends and 
you know not going to family functions because you're like oh I've got period pain and, and people don't roll their eyes but you don't get yes. a sense of like a massive <laughs> amount of sympathy I don't. <laughs> you almost feel like you're being a bit just a bit rubbish <laughs> yeah. a bit flaky a bit like because you know we all you know we all have periods and yeah. uh, we know how that rolls but again because it's been so normalized we don't cut each other enough slack for that no. at all yeah yeah no I've, I've always found that really hard and especially with work as well um especially you know if you're working with loads of dudes you, you feel like you can't say look mm. once a month I'm just passing out with extreme levels of pain <laughs> it's my period <laughs> I just feel like it's a topic you're not allowed to talk about and that yeah. just makes it harder to, to manage yeah yeah definitely in you know we've we've come a long way I think but still we're in the dark ages with the tabooness about talking about it like you say if you're in a very male dominated workplace for example I mean to be fair you probably could have just wafted the um period card around and then all been like okay as you were good I'm glad to hear it um yeah it's it, it's such a shame that there is still so much shame and and mm. um, tabooness and that's why I love talking about these kind of things because yeah. it it really helps open up the conversation and if someone's listening thinking oh my god I'm like this yeah if we don't um like keep the conversation rolling and and open it up then it nothing ever changes which um is really like it's really vital that it does for sure um so how did you did you get a diagnosis for your pain or never 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 um i mean the most most helpful practitioner i ever saw was was an acupuncturist so i got yeah. to see, I, I still see her now and um it's amazing just to be listened to yeah. <laughs> for someone to take it really seriously yeah. and to say you know that that level of pain is not right so let's let's try and address this yeah. and um i can't say the acupuncture took it away 100 percent, but it, it reduced it dramatically yeah. and just made it infinitely more pleasant uh at that time of the month yeah and i think also just being heard can have a massive impact too right yeah yeah just just for someone to to listen and ask questions and I mean, um, I struggled with infertility as well. And the first time I went to the doctors to talk about that, like he didn't even ask how old I was. I mean, is there a more crucial question to ask a woman yeah. who's talking about her fertility? Whereas um, my acupuncturist just asked me about everything. Like she even wanted to, to know about my second toe, which is bigger than my big toe. <laughs> like she <laughs> wanted about everything. <laughs> I know I love it I uh when I do consultations with clients it, you do you want to know like everything no stone is left unturned because all of that stuff creates such a wonderful picture of you yeah. your like personal body and how it rolls and and everything else yeah it's it's really important yeah. uh, and it can seem really obscure you're like what I'm here for period problems and now we're talking about my feet yeah I know <laughs> And what I had for breakfast last Tuesday, at, you know, yeah, 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 because yeah, it all plays such a massive part. Um, so, how 
how did it affect your um, fertility? Did you need any like assistance with that? Like what was your journey? Yeah, massively. Well, I, I mean, I still don't know how my, my periods have impacted my fertility. I just know that I had really painful periods and I know that I wasn't able to get pregnant naturally. Yeah. But I've never known what the um, link between those two things are. So, um, yeah, I got we started trying in 2014 to get pregnant and it just it just didn't happen and it didn't happen. It didn't happen which was really surprising. I'm from this really big family. Yeah. Like my great grandmother had 18 children. Wow. And every other woman has just like had five, six children. So I was really kind of arrogant about getting pregnant. So I was like, what will happen? And you know, I'm 33. Of course I'll just fall pregnant um, at the drop of a hat. And it just didn't happen. So I went through all of the usual tests, which are actually quite crude. They check that you're ovulating. They check that your tubes aren't blocked. And if those things are fine, you get slapped with the diagnosis of unexplained pregnancy. Uh, oh, sorry, unexplained infertility. Yeah. Um, which is a ridiculous diagnosis. Yeah. I can't see a man's a condition that men suffer just being called like unexplained pain or unexplained yeah. stiffness that just wouldn't happen it would be investigated yeah. I'm sure yeah you're absolutely right it's it sounds to me I would probably but put money on the fact that you have endo or something yeah. like that that's what it sounds like to me um <laughs> you're being kicked <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and uh and this just highlights like the struggle that you've never had that like even talked about to you because maybe doctors aren't aware of it or they still live by this like ridiculous notion that periods are meant to be this way no. um, mm -hmm. and you know when we also have our pain and experience normalized by or by being gaslighted basically yeah. by saying yeah. you know what you're experiencing is totally fine mm -hmm. um, we then get used to it and so you don't sort of investigate it or or push for for answers and that kind of thing yeah. have you done any um sort of research around endo yourself or anything <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I i totally agree with you that's kind of my working hypothesis about what yeah. has happened because that would explain the pain and the heaviness and the length of, of the periods I used to have yeah it would explain the infertility and then since I had my little boy three years ago um my periods have been really different yeah. like still a little bit painful but I'm not passing out I'm not you know living in the bath for three days I'm not um yeah and then I, I was able to fall pregnant naturally as well so oh, that's lovely and, and, you know, the, 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 I think it's a bit of a controversial theory, but the theory is that pregnancy and labour can relieve the, a lot of the symptoms of, of endometriosis. So, so yeah, that, that's kind of what I think's happened. Yeah, I think, well, sometimes doctors will prescribe pregnancy uh, yeah. and be like, just go off and, and have a baby uh, because that solves everything. Um, pregnancy does definitely change uh, periods for most women they're different afterwards because you have such high levels of progesterone during pregnancy and that's like a really good hormone to have loads of because yeah. certainly uh, with women 
like yourself, regardless of whether you have endo or not, you will have had too much estrogen flying around in your body. So the progesterone helps to kind of like meter that out, which is, Mm -hmm. which is great. So, um, yeah, pregnancy can really be helpful, but it's not a prescription. (laughs) It's not something that should be told to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I haven't got children by choice and, uh, yeah, I was told to go and have kids and I'm like, what (laughs) (laughs) kind of life-changing like that's not how it rolls pop it out and go great my periods are fine but now what do I do (laughs) yeah it's a bit of a a bit of a commitment um but yeah yeah it is amazing um like the how your body changes and adapts and it's just great to hear that um mm-hmm. it works so well for you and that you managed to conceive naturally this time yeah around. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. pretty pretty amazing in fact the day that we found out I was pregnant was the day we were due to go to the fertility clinic to get cracking on our second round of IVF oh wow <laughs> what a bit of synchronicity <laughs> I know so it was a really sweet moment picking up that phone and saying I'm ringing to cancel my appointment because <laughs> I am pregnant <laughs> yes. all <Yeah>. by myself <laughs> well and your partner but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well done ovaries um yeah it was re- it was a really nice moment to do yeah. that oh just the best timing like that's kind of like movie timing isn't it what you see in a film oh my goodness yeah I'll I'll never forget it my husband had taken my little boy to nursery and I jumped in the shower and at the fertility clinic every time you go they always say what day of your cycle are you on now and so I was like just thinking oh it's day 32 oh that's interesting and I thought, oh, they're going to ask me, have you taken a pregnancy test? Yeah. I might as well do one and I can say, yes, I have. And, and no, it wasn't, you know, it was negative. So I took a pregnancy test and I, I get in the shower and, and I barely even bothered to look at the test. Yeah. But I just glanced at it and, and the word pregnant is kind of glaring up at me. And I kind of, I thought like I, I had brain damage or something. I thought <laughs> that the connection between my eyes and my brain had kind of gone, gone weird because after five years and so many negative pregnancy tests yeah it's just unbelievable yeah 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 I bet that was a total double take moment <laughs> yeah yeah definitely. did you pee on another five after that just to make yes, sure I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. let's get another one yeah. <laughs> brilliant <laughs> and uh, I think it's fair to say that you probably haven't felt very supported in the medical community like with your with your story and stuff really yeah what do you have any kind of like advice to people who might be in the same position as you or Mm. like what if you could go back and do things differently with what you know now what what would you do um I think I'd just be more assertive with the doctors that I see and if I had an unsympathetic doctor move on to someone else because then they're, they're not all the same some are far more sympathetic yeah and um interested than others and yeah just keep asking questions really um I think I'd also if I could go back in time I'd seek out complementary medicine like acupuncture a lot sooner I wish I'd done that yeah when I was a teenager you know because yeah. it really had quite a big effect 
Yeah. Um, and you know, it's expensive, it's an outlay, but the, the, the impact that it had was pretty profound, you know, going from feeling like I'm going to faint and I, and I just need to lay down on the floor <laughs> to being able to live a, a normal life. It is it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, huge. And it's one thing that annoys me so much. I, cause I used to nurse and, um, the two like medicine and alternative therapies are just two separate identities and yet they're so similar I mean everything we do in medicine comes from plants and you know and uh, and, and alternative therapies they're just complemented they should come together and I think if we if we were able to have a health service that said well you know why don't you try x y and z you know just give it a go and see what happens like more people would take it up I think and and not feel quite so in the dark um, about the support because like you say that acupuncturist gave you all the support all that you needed the time and everything else that you weren't um getting from your health practitioners yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah I think just the feeling of being listened to you know you can't that is just so important um versus going to see a GP and just feeling like you're being dismissed that that's what it always felt like yeah yeah totally yeah, and I mean, goodness, we know it's, whenever I talk about these things, I'm always like, I'm not bashing the medical, like, personnel <laughs> people, but it, because there's not time and, you know, all of that kind of thing. Yeah. But still, it just comes down to the fact that we aren't listened to, and, yeah. you know, and women's health, uh, you know, or those with uteruses just aren't listened to in the same capacity um and just kind of told to crack on with it and that isn't good enough <laughs> yeah. I mean e- 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 and this wasn't a gynecological issue but even when my appendix ruptured the doctor in A&E was like I think you're okay I think yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that that's been really well documented and studied actually about how women are dismissed a lot quicker um than men when they express that they're in in pain which is diabolical, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, even if they do um, kind of engage with how much pain you're in, I got a sense that the treatment was just going to be pain relief. Yeah. So um, I, I remember being prescribed these um, tablets when I was in my late teens, and they just made me feel as high as a kite, and not in a good way. I, and it, it, I just didn't want to have to live on another planet for a few days every month yeah well that is it i mean it's pain relievers antidepressants and synthetic hormones is the bog standard um prescription for women uh for any kind of problems like this you know if it's if the pill or implants don't work and the the, um painkillers don't work then we'll have some antidepressants because that must be the issue as well so that kind of level of hysteria that you know Freud discovered way back when has really stuck in our health system um, and I think that's why often we feel dismissed and they're there they're kind of sort of level of patronization <laughs> of just take this it'll all go away um, but you're absolutely right it does make you feel like a space cadet and that's not the way you want to live for a week out of every month 
yeah. <laughs> when it was really bad. Can you remember? I think they've changed what's in it now, but you used to be able to get Feminax. And I used to take Feminax and it just made me feel like I was on like a class A drug. I used to just be like walking around, just like, like just looking at my hand going, wow, that's my hand. <laughs> oh, I don't know what was in it. They've changed it now. It's not half as effective. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, mean, I didn't, I didn't like taking it. I didn't like taking it. No, well, pain, anything like opiate based, um, can really affect people in different ways so even codeine which you can get over the counter um, if you, your receptors are of, you know different to the next person like uh, then how you receive that will be very different so for some it can make them feel really spaced or like um, sick and nauseous and all that and so actually the side effects are worse than actually feeling the pain in a way <laughs> She's like, at least I know that I can sit on a chair and not fall off. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, I don't do well on opiates. I had uh, morphine for a cyst that was twisting um, and had to go into A&E for that. And when he was like, well, we'll give you some morphine. I'm like, no, <laughs> I, really just give me all the like antiemetics and everything first, because this is going to make me feel terrible. Um, <laughs> So I don't, I haven't ever had a child, like I say, but I feel like I've been in labour because the cyst pain was up there. I've never known anything like it. It's very uncomfortable. So yeah, I feel it for you ladies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and at least you know what's going on in labour. Yeah. Um, so uh, do you ever talk about any of this kind of stuff on stage or have you ever talked about any of it? I haven't. So um, improv's obviously a bit different because you know yeah. you might you can talk about anything, yeah. um, but no, not in stand up. I mean, um, I don't know. I I really felt a pressure to purposely avoid that kind of stuff when I was doing yeah. stand up, rightly or wrongly, just because. Um, I mean, this is back 15, 10, 15 years ago. There was even more of this. A stereotype around what a female comedian was yeah uh, and the fact that they just come up and go hey let's talk about tampons <laughs> um, so yeah purposely wanted to avoid their stereotype which is a bit bit sad really because it was a massive part of my life <laughs> so it, it's like a double blow really here's like this curse which is going to make your life hell for at least a week every month but you're not allowed to talk about it yeah. just plow on through yeah about something else <laughs> yeah I think that you've nailed it that could be the title of a show to be fair <laughs> talk about something else <laughs> yeah. yeah anything other than that um Oh, it's been fab talking to you Rachel and sharing your story uh, I asked this um as a last question to all my guests but do you have any like funny or like strange period stories that have ever happened to you that you'd like to share um I, I don't know if there's any specific story I mean one one period that really stands out was when I was about um when I was about 15 
Um, my my mum was really anti tampon for me and my yeah. sisters. I don't know what I don't know what she thought was going to happen if we start using tampons rather than these massive pads. And uh, like I said, I've got quite a big family, and it was always really hard to have any privacy in our house. Yeah. And I remember I remember thinking um, my family quite religious, and church was a big part of our life. And um, it was the church barn dance coming up, and I knew all the family would go to that. And usually I was well into the church barn dance yeah. and I and so I announced I'm not going to go this year <laughs> and everyone was like what I'm not going to go this year <laughs> and everyone thought it was really strange I was like oh I just want some alone time and I had I had a Saturday job at my auntie's shop I used to get five pounds working half a day so with my with my five pounds that Saturday I, I dropped into the local Asda and I got myself a box of tampons a copy of just 17 <laughs> And <laughs> can you remember you used to be able to get those like sachets of options hot chocolate? So yeah. I was like, I'm gonna have a womanly night. <laughs> <laughs> the family all kind of trundled off, all my four siblings trundled off to the church band dance and I waved them off on the doorstep and I was up to the bathroom with my box of tampons with the like the instruction leaflet out leg yeah. up in the bath yes and then went downstairs with my tampon thinking this feels so mature <laughs> I read my copy of just 17 which my mum thought was like a gateway magazine to Satan worship or something <laughs> and, and, and drank my options hot chocolate which I thought was like a really mature drink <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I think I've had that exact same night <laughs> oh, that's brilliant I'm sure there's going to be lots of people that can reminisce with that exact moment yeah, <laughs> of, uh, yeah just 17 god that's a blast from the past I used to love that magazine <laughs> me too yeah and uh more that used to have position of the week didn't it, it did yeah it did. it did yeah but you have to say some were pretty obscure <laughs> well i mean they had to have some creative people working in that office I don't yeah, know. they really did <laughs> they really did oh Rachel it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you thank you so much for sharing your story and um yeah I'll put all of your links and everything in the show notes so people can find you and uh and all the best with baby number two I hope everything goes swimmingly well <laughs> yeah me too me too thank you it's been lovely to chat oh, no worries all right take care oh, bye. bye thanks for tuning in if you loved it feel free to leave a comment and give us a follow you can find more information on my website, thewellwomanproject.com, or come find me on the grid on Insta or on my Facebook page. You can also drop me an email, gemma at thewellwomanproject.com. Any information we've shared today will be in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Big love, Gem.